Great. It's a bit sad we both have to get our glasses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it happens to you all, don't judge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops, drop them. Why don't we just pray? Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for um, just your faithfulness to continue to be with us, um, to lead us, to guide us. I thank you that this morning as we um, share, God, I thank you for your presence um, who has that who has always been with us, but who will continue to um, to lead us and to guide us, God, that we, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness um, to each and every one of us. Amen. All right. Hey, so um, obviously we put out the word that um, this is a, a really special morning. We thought it, we probably won't joke about um, leaving and retiring or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, we... Um, that will come one day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and so we really I wanted to start this morning by really reminding us of a message that we sort of shared a while back, probably in July. I think it was a well, the start of it was in July 2020. Do you remember 2020? Well, wasn't that a good year? You know, wasn't that lovely? The world hadn't completely turned inside out. But how many people remember this when we talked about opportunity? Um, and so what I wanted to do is start this morning by reminding you, or almost giving you a little bit of a backstory of that time, which was in July 2020, we were in Papamoa, um, which is our normal, our, our rhythm of vineyard pastors is a, uh, is a pastor retreat in Papamoa. And at that time, um, Dave McGregor, who is our national director, had sort of shared, he was very new into the role and had kind of been sharing with, his, with us as leaders really some of the things that he really felt like are, um, are directions as a movement that he felt, felt like God was inviting us into. And this sort of message of, of kind of opportunity was all wrapped up in that. And you know how you, you hear a message or you hear something and you kind of know that it's spoken to you, but then it kind of sits with you a while and you realize actually this is something for me, but it's something to give away as well. And so for me, this sort of message of opportunity was one that I really quickly, we really quickly realized that it was not only just for us. One of the things that Dave mentioned was as a vineyard movement, which so you may or may not be aware, but we are, we are a family or a group of vineyard churches, about 26, 26, 27 um, throughout the country. And at that time, um, vineyard churches of those 26, 27, only a couple, a very small percentage, actually had their own homes. The vast majority do what we do, which is sort of set up, packed down in school halls or rented facilities or whatever. And so in that moment, or in that retreat, the response was that it actually would, like he and he, Dave, that is, invited us to believe for some other things, but on, on one of those things was to actually believe that, that as vineyard churches, we could actually lean into, pray about, work hard, um, do what we need to do to actually start um, having permanent places in the communities that we're called to be in. And, and so I went through, we went through just for as a bit of a reminder, and that was sort of like one of the bullet points that we talked about or that I talked about 
when we shared this opportunity. But I wanted to remind us of the four things of why, as a people, we continue to look through the lens of opportunity. The first of which is that the Father is still working and he's still asking the question. That comes from um, Isaiah, where, where, Father, where, where, the God, where God says, you know, who will go for us? Who shall I send? And, and the response, hopefully, of all of us, even today, is, here I am, Lord, send me. You know that's the answer to the question, eh? And the second one was this. Why do we look through the lens of opportunity? Because who knows, perhaps we, perhaps you, were made for such a time as this. I don't know about you, but as the world seems to be getting crazier and crazier, counter to everything we might see and read, there is a, there's a welling up within me, and I know a lot of us in this room, that we were made for such a time as this. Like, this is our moment. This is our time. We were, we were put here for a reason. It is not random chance. That is why we as a church, that's why as we as people live and outwork and look at the world. Watch the news through the lens of opportunity. Not wrenching our hands and, and feeling hopeless or helpless. The third is this, that what if we step into dot, dot, dot. You know, what if we step into whatever this opportunity is, whatever we're being presented, what is being presented before us, who knows what could happen? That comes from, from 1 Samuel, where Jonathan and his armor bearer, in the face of an incredible, overwhelming enemy army, steps into something and says, who knows? Maybe us and God can actually do something. One or two think. And the fourth of this is because the world is crying out for help. That came from Acts 16 where Paul is on his missionary journey. Paul, he's journeying one way and he has a dream. That's in scripture, he has a dream. And in his dream, there's a man from Macedonia who keeps calling saying, come, help us. We need your help. Do you know we still live in a world that is crying out for the help that, that is in Jesus, that is in us? Do you know our world more than ever is crying out for help. And we shared on that Sunday too about our own Piwaka Waka, which so many of you actually have given me very lovely things relating to that bird. I've got them on today, my little earrings. Um, and it's just that symbol of flying towards the risk. And I wear these earrings on days where I have to be brave, so clearly I'm being brave today. Um, and it's the journey that we've been on since hmm. 2020, Lyndon and I. It's not letting fear control us and looking through that lens of opportunity. It all started as we knelt on the floor in Papamoa that day, all those many years ago. So this morning, we have a story to tell you. And it's a story that we feel like is an absolute miracle. And it's really exciting news to share about a home for us at Maharangi Vineyard. So practically, as you all know, We've all heard it. It's been harped on for a very long time. This hall is closing for an extended period of time in February of next year. Four to six months. And then once it reopens again, 
it will come under, it will no longer be under the local committee that runs this hall, it will come under Auckland Central Council venue hire. But a home is so much more, obviously, than that practicality. So one of the visions that we have for a home is, is a permanent day-in, day-out um, place in, in the Maharangi area where people can encounter Jesus. That, that we as a group, not only Jesus, but encounter a group of people who are kind, who are welcoming, who, who are on a shared journey of what it is to follow Jesus, what it is to model our lives after him, after the things he said and doing the things that he did. The vision for a home is in part for us um, the setting up and the setting out of the Lord's table of, of opening up the doors wide, of setting the table lavishly, of putting out the welcome mat and leaving it out. A home gives us the opportunity to reach out to more of our community, to let our community know that there is a place where they can find hope. And that place is on their very doorstep. It's a tangible thing that we can leave our, the next generation. You know, we have that, that saying where, where our ceiling is our children. Is that right? I always get that mixed up. Our ceiling is our children's floor. In many ways, a home for Maharangi Vineyard, all that we've done and all we, is, is, is for us and is for our community now. But oh my goodness, it's so much more than that. It's for our children. It's for those who are coming on on around us, like like our children will be able. This will be their their base. Like we've been thirty years at this. We can like you don't remember what it was like. <laughs> we get to whinge like old men and women now. No, we're so aware that in in that in back in July twenty twenty, God had captured. Um, our imagination and our hearts that we could actually look through the lens of opportunity. We could actually fly toward risk. We could actually face our fears knowing that in those very moments of, of flying toward those things that we may be really afraid of, or those are the very moments that God encounters us and does some incredible things. I'm going to be super honest with you. When I put this out... And one of the bullet points was a home for Maharingi Vineyard. I felt like such, it, it seemed so ridiculous. Like I was asking for a holiday home on the moon. Like, you know, it really, genuinely, all super honestly, it felt so ridiculous. You know, Nikki's here. It was not that long ago that over summer, Nikki used to get up at three in the morning sometimes to make sure that there was enough money that we might get our pay that day, um, that things were so tight and so like running on a knife edge that a home, how ridiculous. We'd be lucky if we had a meal. Like it's not that long ago. And yet it's in those moments when we face those things and know that God has more for us that we see him actually move. 
Yeah, so it does feel surreal because I don't know if you remember, but when we did this Sunday, it was the very next week we went into that very, very, very long lockdown. And I remember sitting in our lounge going, we are such morons. Like, we just did that. And then we closed the doors. I'm like, perfect. We really heard God. Um, you know, since August 2020, we've had a pandemic. We've seen economic hardship. We have had ridiculous weather events. Even today, like seriously, <laughs> I'm like, it feels like we live in Dunedin. We've had flooding and cyclones. And I think probably the biggest thing that we have noticed and encountered is this post-COVID lethargy. And I know it's not just in the church, but it is in the church. It's so many people checking out of their relationship with God and their relationship with others, just a turning in, a hunkering down. So for us to be sitting here today, I can tell you it absolutely has to be God because we're not that good at carrying on and pushing through and following what we felt like God said. So this morning we're going to tell you a story of God's leading and faithfulness as us, like Lyndon and Angela, and our trust and our leadership team and our staff team and Brent and Selena and Vineyard New Zealand leadership that we've lent on. And we have collectively sought God's wisdom and discernment in this process. And today we get to share with you that the miracle, I just, I've never experienced anything like it in my life, that has unfolded before us in his incredible perfect timing. So we had a Sunday like this back in April, as you all remember, and we put up that beautiful picture of um, Madavino and a potential home for us on Hamilton Road. And we really want to say thank you today to all of you who have prayed, those who have come to the prayer meetings and those of you who have messaged us and been praying on your own and sharing with us what God has told you. And as so often is the case, well, sitting here today, I'm so thankful for the time from whenever, April, but it actually started in January for us to today for all that has taken place. And as you kind of go one step in front of the other, it became clearer and clearer for us that perhaps this wasn't the best that God had in store for us. And when we were kind of push came to shove in September when Madavino received another offer on it, um, it invoked the cash out clause and collectively we had this real sense of relief actually. And that relief came from the longer we've kind of been on this journey, we've had conversations and the amount of unknowns that were wrapped up in Madavino, the time that it could possibly take to get through Auckland Council, the money that was eye-wateringly scary, and the stress that I imagine would have landed pretty squarely, probably on the more detailed On detail you, <laughs> on you totally. Um, and on top of that, hmm. the size of the land. I think it was nine hectares from memory. It was a lot of land to look after. So, yeah. Hmm. But, you know, so often, as the case of following Jesus, we're invited to push on doors and kind of just see what happens. And in that process of pushing on doors, um, we've just felt such a confidence, as Angela said, to sort of to pull back or to sort of pull back the offer that we had on that Hamilton Road property, knowing that even though kind of part of our hearts were like, oh, this is it. And then it was like, oh, no, I don't know if it is. But all the while knowing that what God has for us, there's something more. 
there's something better out there. I was sort of just thinking about it this morning. I actually feel like there's some people in the room here who have been pushing on the same door for a really long time. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I feel like there's some people here that you've been pushing on a door because it's the door that you've always gone through and something is different and God has something more for you, something different for you. Take it or leave it. Um, so we, we really sort of felt like um, on... Now I've gone off my notes. I, um, we pulled back that offer. Um, we really felt like, um, you know, the practical need of selling that that the current Jagridi house needed to was still unsold, um, and still nothing really could could proceed without that. The same week that we did that, put in, you know, rescinded our offer, um, we were invited to consider something else. Um, one that we hadn't, um, yeah, we were invited to, to consider something else. Now, so if that word is for you, please take it because now it's mucked me all up. So yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of September, we, along with Brent and Selena, had a look at, at this sort of other property, albeit very, very open-handed. Again, knowing that nothing really practically could happen without, without the current Chagridi house selling. And so you kind of look at it, you think, oh, well, maybe, I don't know. But there's still this really big hurdle in the way. And so you push on the door as much as you can, and then you trust God with the rest of it. Like that, I've just described faith to you. Like I hope no one ever makes it sound flashier than that. You know, it really is just... God, is this you? I'm going to try. I hope. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and so we, we basically, um, as the saying goes, you know, really it was at that point that stuff got really real, really fast. Um, and so we were told that the current vendor um, had, had a really previous complicated offer that had fallen through the same day that we had actually pulled, we had kind of pulled out of the Hamilton Road property. So it was right at the exact, around the same time. And so we were told that they really, they were not going to be interested in a very complex, um, a complex sort of offer. And, and there was also a real um, component of commercial sensitivity to it um, that basically we, at that time, we shared with our board, our trustee, board of trustees for Maharingi Vineyard. We, we ask our leadership team, we ask our staff team, um, to really to pray. And also we, at that point, invited um, Dave McGregor, who's our national director of, of the Vineyard Movement, um, really because, again, as Grace Vineyard, which is the church that he leads, I'm really well experienced in, in this sort of area of looking for a home and doing all that. And so as, a, as that wider team, we continued to pray and seek God. And then on the 30th of September, an offer, we put an offer in based on, once again, the sale of that um, Jagridi house, um, and then, and it was within, we had we two weeks, two weeks yeah. we had two weeks, and it's like, well, it hasn't sold for four months, but what's two weeks to Seven God? months. Seven months, but yeah. what's two weeks to God? Um, and so it was at that point that really where we felt like God really, it was incredible to see um, what was a very complex domino effect of real estate transactions and all of those things really seemingly fall into place overnight. 
And so um, all of those things happened. And then on the 20th of October, the very last day of our conditional offer, um, the current Jagridi House sold. And so um, that day, Maharangi Vineyard, for the first time in her 30 years of being here, has secured a permanent home in Maharangi. So where is it, you say? I'm going to drag it out a few more minutes. No, I know. I was waiting for the heckling. You guys have been very polite. I kind of purposely said, how long do we draw this out before we, where we say it? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Get on with it. Um, so where is our new home? Maharingi Vineyard will be relocating to 5 Pullum Road, Walkworth, formerly known as the Walkworth Presbyterian Church. I, um, we will be, which is quite humbling, we will be carrying on what has already been an over 160 60 year tradition, almost 160 year tradition of people of this community gathering on that site to worship Jesus. People in this community gathering on that site to to demonstrate who Jesus is and what he's like to a hurting world that is still crying out for the hope that they desperately need and can only be found in him. We have the unbelievable privilege of standing on what, and moving in and standing on what is over 160 years of people laying down their life for this man Jesus. What a privilege we have. Brent and Selena, why don't you come on up? As they come, I, one of the things I'll, I'll share is, is I just was talking to Stephanie the other day. Uh, as I'm kind of looking through it, that, that building is actually called St. Columba. And, and I'm, I look forward to unfolding the narrative. But St. Columba, many of you may know, is an Irishman from Donegal. We have our own Irish woman from Donegal, but who, who basically gave his life for the mission of Jesus, who gave his life to proclaim who Jesus is to a world that didn't know him. And so it is so profoundly special that we get to carry on even a longer history of, uh, than, than the 160 years. I need to start off by saying that God doesn't always answer prayer. Mm. I, I prayed that I wouldn't get emotional this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are after months and months of community prayer. In April, we shared our vision of hopes with you. After we were moved to look at how we could give back to the Maharangi community, mm. Maharangi Vineyard community, for what we have received. And that's huge. We both really wanted to help to, be, to bring home a real home for the Vineyard Church, so we could belong there for seven days a week, not only for ourselves, and we were a bit selfish, but for our friends, and we've made lots of friends here, which is pretty special, but all the families and the wider community. A place where we can do life together, a place to celebrate, share, and create memories, a place where people can't help 
but meet the love of Jesus. Mm. And that's pretty critical. A place where a wider community that needs help can gather. And that's partly where the Jagridi part comes in. And um, just, oh, you may not have seen it in the picture, but there's the church. But there's also a house. It's perfect. Um, and it's a place of opportunities for us to offer our gifts and talents with grace as we serve others. It's a place of sharing and doing that touches others' lives. He did pretty good. <laughs> we also dreamed of a place where we could have music that just would lift the roof if we chose that, not just one day a week. Um, yeah, A place where women in our community who need help and support can have a safe home that leans into the goodness of this Maharangi Vinyard community. A place where people living perhaps with grief or loneliness, battling addictions or loss, can meet for safe support through their trials and their challenges. These were really, really bold dreams and we're here today. I woke earlier this week with um, these words swimming over in my mind. Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. Our new, our new home is simply all that we prayed for. Mm. And it's truly sacred ground. And it will be so much more because all of us get to dream now and all of us get to call this a place that's ours where we can flourish and... Maharani Vineyard will be at 5 Pullum Road, which will be your home too. As you can hear, I've been talking far too much this week. <laughs> so, um, but Jagridi Foundation Gifting Hope to Rise Up is really humbled and really honoured to be at this table with you. Thank you. Well done. And, and we didn't, or I didn't want to actually, you know, we're so aware that with any, with That's any move. Yet, it's oh, me. sorry, go ahead. Hold your horses. Oops, I've jumped right ahead. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to share. So when I was in worship there, I actually leaned over to Lynn and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And then that song came up, God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. And it was like okay, I can do this, um, because this has felt like the outworking of mm. God's vision for us yeah. as a people. And I'm so aware that we have had a few weeks to sit on this, and you guys haven't. So we give you all the permission to process this in your time. But for us, we are super excited. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the space. So it has seating capacity for 200 people. And it has a creche and a kids and a youth and office space and a large hall attached with a kitchen where we get to practice great hospitality. Let me tell you, that kitchen in there just about drives me nuts. When we rocked up this morning, Lynn and I were in there by ourselves. I'm like, man, I can't wait to be out of here. <laughs> um, at this, as the site has been a church for over 150 years, we get to move in without spending $1 on Auckland Council consent fees which feels really, really good because the, as we've learnt in this process, there are 
unless we bought a church, we were going to be up for that because there's it doesn't fall in any category. Um, yeah, so we get to carry on with the existing use, which is amazing, and we don't have to do traffic plans or any of that stuff. It means we get to move in and get busy straight away with being a light in our community, which feels really good. And as Brent and Selena said, it's perfect because there is a four-bedroom home on the property, albeit a bit tired, um, but it's got a beautiful outlook over Walkworth that will be the new home for the woman. And it's all on a piece of land that we can manage, which is great. Now you can right. go. There we go. All right. Um, we are so aware that with any move, with any going forward, there is a letting go. There is, a, there is what we leave behind. And so as exciting as what it is we're sharing, there is also connected to it the things that we let go of. Maharingi Vineyard has been here or in this building, or you know, I think in the Salty Dog for a very short amount of time at one point in its history, um, has been in this area for the for the last 34 years, um, as as far as our Sunday mornings um, gatherings go. Um, and Snell's Beach, in many ways, has kind of almost felt like it's become part of our identity. But we believe that we are being invited into expanding our identity stretching out the tent pegs, as, it, as Scripture says, of, of where we are to inhabit. After all, our name is Maharangi Vineyard, not Snell's Beach Vineyard. And, and we were reminded as we're sort of going through, and many of you probably won't even know this or not, but 34 years ago, if not even further than that, when the trust or the, um, the legal entity that is a charitable trust was set up, the name of this charitable trust that functions as Maharangi Vineyard is the Walkworth Maharangi Community Trust Board. And after all, it is not the close proximity to an ocean or a beach that sets our culture. It is us who set the culture. Yeah. Yeah. We are what we love. You know, the community is what we love about it. So we can be who we are in any location. Another change, though, is that for some of us, this, this new home represents about a 10-minute drive um, further into Walkworth. We would love to think that this alone too would not be something that hinders us, but something that moves us closer to the connection that we believe God is inviting us into. We'd love to think that we would carpool with one another into church on a Sunday morning. We would love to think, yeah, shuttle bus even better. Um, we would love to think that that what we what we get to have as a church is that it's so often the case of when there's a beautiful moment on a Sunday morning, um, how many people have experienced the cutting over of stair chairs being stacked up almost immediately, of, of tables being, you know, things being moved, because we have to, because this isn't our home. You know, in a few hours, in an hour from now, this is the home of pickleball or, or whatever else is here. And so what we get to be able to have is a place that we can linger, that we can wait on the Holy Spirit, that we can minister to and for and with one another. 
And, and one of the great things that we've kind of looked back on is, I actually don't know if we would have even stepped forward into this opportunity, having given Hill Street be the chaos that it's been over the last few years. But even that, since the motorway has been open, has felt like, oh my goodness, wow. I'm not by any means saying the motorway is God's way for Maharangi Vineyard, <laughs> but isn't it so lovely? Yeah. God's timing has been so incredible. At the end of the day, making this decision is a reality of, you know, the other thing that we had in our heads is all of us make multiple trips to Walkworth in a week. This is just, but what better reason to go to Walkworth than to be with one another? Yeah, and because the church, as you all know, exists, for people that are no, not yet part of it, we were kind of, when we looked at the space, we're like, oh man, is it big enough? And where we kind of landed on that was, yes, it is big enough, but our way forward is we get to, because it's our own, we get to do multiple services like so many of our new churches do. So we feel like that is a really responsible and healthy way to look at growth because we are so aware that we don't want to put ourselves under the stress, financial stress, and we don't want to put the church under it either. And have to be really honest that what we've purchased is in many ways indicative of when you buy your first house. Um, for anyone who's done that, it's not everything you want. It is not your dream home. Um, but those homes are often the absolute most special places with, that hold incredible memories. So it feels a bit like that. It's a bit rough around the edges and it's in need of a freshen up, but it is absolutely brimming with potential and an incredible opportunity to add value and to make it feel like us without breaking the bank, mm. which feels really good. Yeah. Yeah, when we spoke about Hamilton Road um, back in, the, in this process, we asked ask you to consider um, just practicality of the timing of giving back your, um, your giving rebate as sort of just a way of being able to sort of invest into what we didn't know um, was going to be our home. But, but firstly, I, I just wanted to thank all of those people who have done that. Um, to date, we've got about 35 grand in that account. Um, and so we would love you now knowing where our home is and where it will be to really consider that as, as households, as families, as individuals. Would you pray and consider where God might be inviting you into, into how to be able to um, invest into, um, into this home? And as Angela said, sort of making it our own, um, putting our own feel and stamp on it like we do in our own homes as well. Another practical way that you can get involved is really of giving your time and your talents. Tradies, watch out. <laughs> oh, you know, like, and if you can swing a paintbrush, watch out. No, but, you know, it is that same thing of like we've done over the years and with the help of incredible family, um, probably the leading of incredible family, and we've come alongside and kind of swept up after them. But, you know, there's the joy of being able to work together, to do this thing together, that we're so looking forward to being able to journey as, as a church family and make this and the Jagridi house our own, putting our blood, our well, maybe not our blood, because that sounds like a health and safety issue, putting our sweat and energy and love into, into every part of it and being able to follow Jesus in the process. 
Um, one of the things that we most treasure about this process so far has been God's overwhelming kindness to sort of meet us along the way. I'll, I'll be, again, super honest again. Last week at the, um, at the beach picnic, how many people were there? Great, great time. We'll keep doing those things. But one of the things that I was most kind of like stressed out about was the, the actual kind of shift, the move from, from sort of meeting in Snell's Beach to meeting in Walkworth. And it was just a, it was a really, really kind of, yeah, I was kind of, it was keeping me up at night, kind of worrying about it. And, and on Sunday last week, and I wanted to share this, was a couple who had been, tra- who travel around um, New Zealand. They were from Christchurch. They come into an area, which they did, Walkworth, um, and he said, at the beginning of the week, we have a look. We look through the different look through the different churches in the area, and we pick one, and we spend the week praying for that church, and we go there on Sunday. And he said, I came. We came into Walkworth, and we saw Maharangi Vineyard, and we thought that's where we want to go on Sunday. And he and he handed me a little slip of paper, and he said, I was praying for you, and I got this picture for you on Sunday. He'd never been here before. And he said, I don't know what it means, but he said, I feel like you as a church are this little house over here, but God is moving you into a new direction with a new vision and, a, and something going forward into, into something more. The same, but different. Isn't that so, I was just so encouraged. Like you might think, oh, well, whatever. Like he had no idea. He had no idea. And, and I just think, yeah. Okay, Grace is excited as I am. Like, um, Dej was there at the time when he shared it. And he was so humble. He said, like, maybe I just had bad milk on my wheat picks. Like, this could mean something, but maybe it doesn't. And, and inside, I just wanted to jump up and down. It was like, oh, but isn't God so faithful? Like, isn't he so kind to care about the smallest of details and to do it in ways that, that so speak of him being near to us in the journey? Like, know that, that, that he is with us in all of it. Finally, I just want to get a little awkward as well and speak to us as a church. For many of us, what we love about Vineyard and this Vineyard family is the fact that we are laid back, we're casual, we're not weird. Well, <laughs> hey, Matt left really quickly. <laughs> you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're, we're pretty like, sort of like, yeah, that's nah, fine. But can I just say for a minute that actually our community needs us to step up, to stand up, and to be the church that we are, we're laid back, but oh my goodness, we are an extraordinary group of followers of Jesus. And our community is still crying out for the help that we embody as followers of him. And there is something about our culture as a church that our community needs to know about. Like they need us to be who we are. And not be afraid to be that. Not to be proud of it. So, yeah, Lynn and I, like you said, we've had a lot of 
I keep getting woken up at two o'clock, which is super annoying. Um, but I lie there, and I've just since this has happened, and I just I don't know. I just feel like God is just speaks to me half the night, which would be great if He did it at two in the afternoon, not two in the morning. But um, just spinning with ideas mm. and all of the things that this represents. We so want this church home to be a place where people in need choose to come. We want it to be a place for our youth and the youth of our community to be safe and have a place of belonging. We want to embody that radical, ordinary hospitality of Jesus. We want it to be a place of prayer. Like, I just love the thought that we could set up in there a prayer space and it can be open and you can come whenever you want. We want to have our doors open. This is the one that's had me going a lot, but to eat with our community. I would love to see our out-of-the-box stretch into being not a food parcel service, but a meal where we eat together. Um, so it's not faceless. We want to be able to laugh with and walk, walk alongside the hurting and the broken. And we want our home to reach our community in all of these ways and so, so many more that mm. I imagine, I mean, we're only two people, we can't, we can't dream for you. But it's so true. I feel like mm. God's invitation to us is to step up and into the doors that he's opened. Yeah. And so there is so much more. We're so aware that we're sort of, you know, you might be sitting with whiplash being caught up along the journey. But there is so much more that will be unfolding over the next weeks and months ahead. At this stage um, in the time frame is looking like we'll take possession in January 2024. So we'll, we'll see out the year um, here and then be looking for that in the new year. We're, we're sort of in negotiations about open, doing an open day, being able to have um, open, be able to come in, walk through, have a look at it and see what it looks like. Um, and so, yeah, we just sort of, there'll, there'll be lots more that we talk about. Um, if you've got questions, if you're sitting here thinking about it, please come and see me. Love to chat about it. If you've got things stirring within you, you know, let's write them down. Let's talk about them. We so believe this is just the start. Mm. Well, it's not even a start. It's just the next opportunity that we're, mm. we're being invited into. Um, and so now we really wanted to close this morning with who has been you know, really from behind the scenes are our, but our biggest cheerleader. And that is our national director, um, Dave McGregor. And he was just, he said, I can't wait to come up and share um, and be and celebrate with you guys. Obviously, this happened really um, pretty quick and he couldn't come up today, but he just said, oh, please let me do a video. Please let me speak um, And he's been to on the guys. phone this morning ringing and us. So, and so we want to um, just hopefully if technology allows... Um, a message from Dave. Oh, it out of there. Hold it up there. Hold it. Congratulations on buying a building right in the heart of Walkworth. That wonderful Presbyterian church, it's going to be your new home, and we are so excited for you. You're our oldest church in the Vineyard Movement, and you've got a building that's going to expand the ministries you have. You're going to be able to do things seven days a week there. We know that God is going to prosper you and bless you, just as you've been the mother church for all the other Vineyard churches in this nation. We know that you're going to do wonderful things with your new building. We congratulate Lyndon and Angela and all the leadership team, and we can't wait to get up there and celebrate. Oh, there we go. Wonderful. So, um, so why don't we stand?
let me just pray. Father, I thank you so much for your leading. God, I thank you for, for this moment where we are aware of all of the ways in which you have made for us. God, I thank you, though, that for every, for every example we have of your faithfulness, there are so many more to come. There are so many more that we, we may not ever know this side of eternity. But we are so grateful that you, for your presence, for your leading, for your courage where we are weak, for your strength where we, where we don't feel like we have what we need to, to take the next step. God, we thank you for your wisdom where we, are, um, where we are ignorant, God. And we thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in us and through us. I pray that you would just continue to um, reveal yourself to us. And we are just so grateful for who you are and what you've done. Bless each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.